Romans chapter number 5 tonight. Romans chapter number 5. We're continuing this evening to look at the two major focal points in human history. Adam's sin in the Garden of Eden and Christ's provision through the gospel. Last week we saw the entrance of sin and death through Adam in verses 12 through 14. How the fact that uh, it's very simply stated both sin and death entered the world through one man, through Adam. And uh, Adam's nature of sin and death was, was and still is passed on to all men, even today. And the proof that we inherit Adam's nature is that sin and death existed even before the law. Uh, and the importance of Adam is critical here, and sin is the cause of death, and Adam was the cause of sin entering the end. Then we began to see the counteraction, and uh, this is a this is an area that's just really shouting ground. Amen. What Christ did for us, the the reversal of sin and death by Christ in verses fifteen through eighteen. Let's look at verse fifteen. But not as the offense so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God and the, and the gift by grace, which is by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And not as it was by one that sent, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more, much more, they which uh, receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, Jesus Christ. Therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation, even so by the righteousness of one, the free gift came, Upon all men unto justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound, but where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. That as sin has reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ. Our Lord. Now we looked at verse 15 last week and just really got just one point into this area of how Adam's sin brought death. God's gift brought righteousness there according to verse 15. And, and we talked about how God has showered the grace of God uh, and His glorious favor and care and love upon man. Didn't have to do it, did He? Didn't have to, but He did. And God has made the gift of God. Um, uh, that is righteousness available to man and it's through his son we saw in 2 Corinthians 5.21 for he hath made him Jesus to be sin for us who knew no sin that we might be made the righteousness of God in him and so tonight we pick up in verse number 16 and uh, we see the next thing here and that's this Adam's sin brought condemnation God's gift brought justification there, let's read verse 16 again. And not as it was by one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation. There it is. But the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. God's gift, 
differs entirely from what Adam did. Adam doomed the, the human race, but God's gift justifies, and that word justify means declared, declares righteous. He, he justifies and saves those that come to him. And I want you to note how glorious God's justification is. Justification is God's declaration that those who trust Jesus Christ are perfectly righteous before him. That's right. We stand perfectly righteous because we stand in Christ. And, you know, God's the one that is okay with that. <laughs> and he's the one that counts, amen? Uh, so some folks might look at that and say, well, you know, I can't figure that out. Well, it's pretty simple, really. You know, God, God took our punishment in Jesus Christ, in uh, his own only begotten son. And uh, if we will honor him, and placing our faith and trust in Christ, and he honors us by giving us so much. When Adam sinned, his one sin was judged and brought condemnation to men. But what God did is, man, it's so glorious, it almost blows your mind. I want you to think about this. God's gift not only dealt with Adam's offenses, Adam's one offense, and the resulting condemnation. I mean, you think Adam just, you know, Adam had one simple command. Don't eat the tree in the middle of the garden. He did. And so uh, he plunged us all into sin. God, God dealt with Adam's offense and the resulting condemnation from that. It, it, uh, it dealt with also many offenses. Did you catch that in verse 16 there toward the end? But the free gift is of many offenses under justification. I want you to get this because it's a really wonderful truth here. God's gift of righteousness justifies us from all our offenses. Not only from Adam's one offense, okay, but from all our offenses. God's gift justifies us from all the corruption that we inherited. I mean, that's good because we inherited that corruption through Adam. Um, but not only that, uh, he, he takes and he justifies us from all of the wickedness that comes from our human nature being what it is. Because we are in Adam, we have a sin nature. And so, we have disobedience on our own, don't we? Adam's one sin uh, is what plunged us all in, uh, into problems. But God deals not only with Adam's sin, but he deals with our sins. He deals with it all. Uh, all the sins that we have personally committed both in our hearts and with our own hands. And so the man who truly trusts Christ is justified. Again, justified means declared righteous. From all things, from all sin and corruption and condemnation. Both that which was inherited from Adam and that which was committed and caused by our own sinful nature and behavior. Listen to Acts 13, 39. And by Him, that's talking about Jesus, by Him all that believe are justified from all things. We're justified from all things. Galatians 3, 6. Even as Abraham believed God and was accounted to Him for righteousness. God counts the righteousness on our account. Counts Christ's righteousness to us because of our belief. Our, our belief on Christ. Now, in verse 17, we see that Adam's sin brought the reign of death. 
But God's gift brought the reign of life. Look at verse 17 again. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one Jesus Christ. Now, it's real easy to see that death reigned. <laughs> I mean, the first place turned to uh, to, we, I'm not going to take time to turn to it tonight, but uh, Genesis chapter number 5. I call it the death chapter. Uh, you, uh, there's a lot of, and he died, and he died, and he died. You know why? Because of sin. Uh, uh, you know, the offense there. Death was reigning because of one man's offense, because of what Adam did. Adam sinned and brought the reign of death upon all men, but Adam was only one man. One mere man. Now, no matter what Adam did, God was able, and I want you to get this, God was able to counteract it and do more for God is greater and God is able to do anything. Amen. God has done much more. Uh, and, and it mentions there, much more. There in the middle of verse 17, much more they which receive abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign in life by one, uh, Jesus Christ. Now, um, God has done uh, much more. Those who receive God's grace and God's gift of righteousness shall reign in life. The term reign in life there means to dwell and rule in eternal life because the source of that righteousness is Jesus Christ. I want you to think about it. Jesus Christ the eternal being. He is. He's God. God in flesh. He's Jesus Christ, who is eternal God, who reigns forever. I mean, he, yes, He died, but He rose again the third day, never to die again. Amen? He, he lives evermore. And when we're in Him, um, we identify with what He did there on the cross of Calvary. Uh, our, our sin debt was paid there. We identify in that. But much more than that, we identify in that resurrection. Amen? We, we get eternal life. We get God's life. Uh, two glorious truths here. But believers reign uh, in life while on this earth. And I've got several uh, things that talk about this uh, there in your notes. There's the gift of abundant life while we're here. I mean, that's uh, John 10, 10. I'm co- I've come, I am come that they might have life and that they might have it more abundantly, that abundant life, it comes through our relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ. It comes by, by grace, through faith. Amen. Jesus said it was ours, and we have it. Um, but I want you to know, there's all grace that abounds toward us, and thereby all sufficiency in all things for us to abound in every good work. Look at uh, 2 Corinthians 9, verse number 8. 2 Corinthians 9, you might want to mark your place because we, we're going to be back in, in Romans, Romans 5 there. But 2 Corinthians 9 in verse number 8 basically lays out what I just said. Um, it says, And God is able. And we know that, don't we? God's able. Able for what? Able what? What do you need? <laughs> He's able. God is able to make all grace Well, He's the God of all grace. That's how He's able to make all grace abound toward you. He's speaking to believers. That ye, always having all sufficiency in all things. Where's our sufficiency at? It's in Christ. 
He's our sufficiency. Okay, so if we have him, we have all sufficiency and all things to be able to, he said that you may abound to every good work. So we're able to, to serve God because of what Jesus has done for us through that abundance, that abounding, that sufficiency that is in him. Uh, thirdly, there's uh, abundant ability available to us by his power that works in us. One of my favorite verses, Ephesians 3.20, says, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think, according to the power that worketh in us. Now, now who is that speaking? It's speaking of God. God's able to do exceeding abundantly above. I think sometimes we, 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 we cut God short. We don't see him as being as big as he really is. But he can do. He can do exceeding above, abundantly above all that we ask or think. And he says, according to the power that worketh in us, what is that power that worketh in us? It's the power of the Holy Spirit. The power of Christ. Uh, and the person of the Holy Spirit that works in us. And then, uh, fourthly, we see here, there's a God's abundant supply for us according to his riches. Paul told the Philippian church, but my God shall supply all your need according to his riches and glory by Christ Jesus. They were, they were uh, uh, helping with supplying Paul's need and Paul said, "Hey, you know, I want you to. I want you to get in on this. I want you to understand that, man. You helped me with my need, uh, and that was God working in you. But uh, God, God can supply your need too. God, my God, shall supply all your need according to His riches and glory. And what kind of riches does He have? God owns it all, don't He? <laughs> he owns it all, uh, and He does that by Christ Jesus. He supplies our need by." Christ Jesus, uh, uh, just the abundant things that we have in Christ. Uh, look, here's another place I want you to turn to. Look at 2 Peter chapter 1. 2 Peter chapter 1. And I know I only got verse 11 there, but we're going to back up and, and, and get some context here so you'll understand what we're talking about. We're, we're looking at there's an abundant entrance into the everlasting kingdom of Christ. Now, I don't know about you, but I'm looking forward to going home to glory. You know, yeah, it's going to be a wonderful thing. I don't think our our mind here on this earth can really take it all in what it's going to be like. It's just it's it's, it's going to be wonderful. But uh, look at Second Peter one, and in the earlier verses here, he's encouraging believers, these believers, to uh, to add to their faith. Look at the. Uh, um, well, let's back up all the way to verse 3. According as His divine power, God's divine power, hath given unto us all things that pertain unto life and godliness. Listen, you've got everything you need to live life and to be God, live godly before the Lord. Uh, you got that through Christ, <laughs> through the knowledge of Him that hath called us to glory and virtue. It, it's available to you. That doesn't mean you're necessarily going to use it, but it's available to you to use. Uh, look at verse 4. Whereby are given unto us exceeding great and precious promises, that, that by these you might be partakers of the divine nature, having escaped the corruption that is in the world through lust. And beside this, okay, beside this, giving all diligence, add to your faith. Okay, when we got saved, we, we placed our faith and trust in Christ. Well, what are we supposed to do? 
Well, we're, we're supposed to grow, aren't we? We're to add to our faith. Add to your faith virtue. The virtue, knowledge. To knowledge, temperance. To temperance, patience. And to patience, godliness. And to godliness, brotherly kindness. And to brotherly kindness, charity. For if these things be in you, get this, these things be in you, and abound. Okay, if you abound in these things, they make you that you shall neither be barren nor unfruitful in the knowledge of our Lord Jesus Christ. Now, let me stop right there and ask you, uh, would that be an encouragement to you of an evidence, a token in your life showing that, showing you and giving you encouragement, that showing you that you belong to God because those things are there? That's the idea that he's getting here. He says, but he that lacketh these things, if you don't add to your faith, he that lacketh these things, verse 9, is blind and cannot see afar off and hath forgotten that he was purged from his old sins. You're still saved, but uh, you know, you're not, you're not, you're not going to have that abundant entrance. You're going to be uh, saved yet so as by fire. Okay? Um, and what we're wanting is we're wanting an abundant entrance. Well, how did that come? Well, verse 10 Wherefore, the rather, brethren, give diligence to make your calling and election sure. I mean, for if you do these things, you shall never fall. First, you have faith, and then you add these things to your faith, and it gives you a confidence that is there, and it will give you an entrance. In verse 11, For so an entrance shall be ministered unto you abundantly into the everlasting kingdom of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ. So the full work of God's grace in us provides this. That's, I mean, that's all I can know to tell you about that. Um, now, there is an abundant satisfaction as we dwell with the Lord. Psalm 36, verse 8, They shall be abundantly satisfied with the fatness of thy house, and thou shalt make them drink of the river of thy pleasures. Are you satisfied in the Lord? You ought to be. I mean, we, ought, we all ought to be satisfied with the Lord uh, you know, if we make him our desire, uh, he said we, you, that he would uh, uh, work in our lives and give us the, you know, the desires of our, uh, our, our heart uh, if we have him in the right place in our life. So believers reign in life while on this earth. Right now we reign uh, when, as we take in the abundance that is ours uh, from that belief that we have in Christ. Here's the second thing. Believers shall reign in life throughout all eternity. Okay. Amen. Uh, eternal life. Everlasting life. That's not only a length. That is a quality. Okay. Eternal life and everlasting life is a quality of life. It's the God life for all, forever and ever. What a blessing. Adam's sin brought the reign of death, but God's gift brought the reign of life. And then Adam's sin brought condemnation to all men. And God's gift made justification of life available for all who believe. Now, this is simply uh, verse number 18 back in our text. Uh, verse 18 is simply a summary of what has already been said. And he said, that's why he says, therefore. In other words, you know, he, he's, he's kind of lined things up. And you, you, whenever, you, whenever you got therefore, you look back up and see what it's there for. And all these things that we've talked about. Therefore, 
as by the offense of one, Adam, judgment came upon all, condemn, all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, Jesus Christ, the free gift came upon all men unto justification of life. Again, just simply a summary uh, of what he's talking about. And uh, is, to, to me, it reminds me of Romans 6.23 there. For the wages of sin is death, but the gift of God is eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. So what is the conclusion that Paul draws here at, at the end? Uh, this is one of the most instructive and striking passages in, in all of Scripture. We, there's three points that are here in verses 19 through 21. Let's take them one at a time. First of all, we see Adam's disobedience made many, uh, many men all, all, okay, the many or all men, according to Romans 5.12 and Romans 5.18, made many sinners, but Christ's obedience made many righteous. That's what verse 19 says. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Now, Jesus Christ, we know, lived an absolutely sinless life. There's no question about it. I don't, you, you can take all kinds of polls you want to, and, and people have different ideas about this, but listen, there's only one, one idea that counts, and that's God. And God said he was absolutely uh, uh, satisfied, he was absolutely pleased with his only begotten Son. Jesus Christ lived an absolutely sinless life. Scripture says that. Uh, he never sinned, not once. Uh, and w- when he was in John eight forty six, he says, Which of you convinceth me of sin? First uh, Peter two twenty two talks about uh, he did no sin, neither was guile found in his mouth. Uh, we could go over all other different things that are written in in the scriptures. Uh, even when he was examined by Pilate, Pilate said three times, "I find no fault in him. Find no fault in him. Find no fault in him." Guess what? There's no fault to be found in him. Jesus Christ never displeased the Father, not even once. We we know at his baptism. Uh, the Father ex- ex- uh, uh, ver- verbalized his, uh, his uh, pleasing of his son. He said, you know, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. Also at the Mount of Transfiguration in Matthew 17, verse 5. And then in John eight twenty nine, Jesus stated that he always did all things that pleased his Father. And... and uh, he did. I mean, that's the bottom line. Jesus Christ was perfectly righteous, securing the ideal righteousness through obedience. And if he ever sinned one time, would have done none of us any good. Just wouldn't have. You know? These, these folks that uh, call themselves Christians and say, well, you know, I, I, I just can't believe that a man didn't sin not one time. And there's a lot of, lot of folks that are out there that, that claim that they're Christians, but listen, they're not. <laughs> you got to believe that Christ was able to save before He can save you. He was perfectly righteous, securing the ideal righteousness through obedience. And since Christ's righteousness is the ideal righteousness, listen, it can stand for the righteousness of all who are in Him, and that's exactly what happens. Uh, His righteousness is, is what gets us to heaven. His righteousness, not ours, but His. When a person believes on Jesus Christ, God takes the person's belief and counts it as righteousness, the same way he did Abraham. 
The righteousness of Jesus Christ covers the person because the person believes and honors God's Son, Jesus Christ. Now, any person who will so honor God's Son by believing and trusting Him, God will honor by counting their faith as the righteousness of Christ. It's that simple, and yet it's profound. It's very simple, but people stumble over it uh, because it's hard to believe in it. It's hard to believe God would would do that for us, but He did. Uh, I want you to know, a person, though, must truly believe. He must have the kind of belief that really trusts Jesus Christ and Christ alone, that really casts his life upon Christ, that casts all that he is upon and has upon Christ and his keeping. You know, it's not Christ plus something. It's not Christ minus something. It's Christ and Christ alone is what gives us uh, true salvation, our trusting in him. Then we see the law there in verse 20. The law was given to point out and magnify sin, but God's grace is so much greater than the law. <laughs> Aren't you glad? I mean, the law stands against us. Man, you, uh, you want to get, uh, get under conviction, you start reading the law and see how, just how, uh, how big a sinner you are. Uh, verse, verse 20, the, Moreover, the law entered that the offense might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound. Now, if righteousness is by Jesus Christ, and it is, then why did God give us the law? What's the purpose of the law? Very simply, the law entered that the offense might abound. The law was given to point out and magnify sin, to make men more aware of sin, to give men a greater knowledge of sin, to stir more conviction over sin, to increase the the fact and awareness of sin more and more and to make men more responsible for their sin. Um, if you've never taken the little, little uh, DVD back there, uh, uh, The Good Test, and, and seen it, uh, you ought to take it and take a look at it. Because it, uh, it, what it does, it deals with folks who think that they measure up pretty good with the law. You know, they think, well, you know, yeah, I keep the Ten Commandments. And then when they're really drawn to the case, uh, they realize that they're not. It shows how exceedingly sinful they are. Back in Romans 3 and verse 20, we saw, uh, Romans 3, verse number 19 and 20, Now we know that what things soever the law saith, it saith to them who are under the law, that every mouth may be stopped, and all the world may become guilty before God, Therefore, by the deeds of the law, there shall no flesh be justified in his sight, for by the law is the knowledge of sin. That's the purpose of the law. Paul told the Galatians, the Galatians 3.19, Wherefore then serveth the law? It was added because of transgressions, till the seed should come to whom the promise was made, and it was ordained by angels in the hand of a mediator. In Galatians 3.24, he says, Wherefore the law was our schoolmaster to bring us unto Christ that we might be justified by faith. It showed us our need for salvation. It showed us how greatly that we were, cond- under, that we were sinners and in uh, and, and need of what God did for us. Amen. I want you to know the glorious truth about the grace of God. Wherever sin abounds, the grace of God abounds even more. Amen. That's a wonderful truth. And if you'll grab a hold of that, uh, it'll help you in life. It really will. God's grace is far more effective and powerful than any sin or sins, no matter how magnified. 
God's grace can forgive any man no, no matter how great a sinner he is, no matter how great a sin he has committed. And then, last of all, we see here in verse 21, sin reigned unto death, but God's grace reigns unto eternal life. That verse 21, that, that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. By Adam, sin reigns, sin triumphs, sin holds authority, and sin ultimately leads to death. That's what we got through Adam. By Jesus, grace reigns, grace triumphs, grace holds authority. And grace ultimately leads to eternal life. John 1 verse 4, In Him was life, and the life was the light of men. Speaking of Jesus. In 1 John 5 12, he, had, he that hath the Son hath life. He that hath not the Son of God hath not life. It just boils down to the question, do you really have Christ? Amen? And if you got Christ, man, you got so much more <laughs> than what you got when you were born in Adam. Amen? What a, what a blessing. And uh, I, I trust that it's a blessing not only to you, but help you be a blessing to others. That, to, to help them see their need. The great need that they have in, in Christ Jesus. And come to Christ. Because they get so much more from Christ. Amen. What a blessing. Let's pray. Father, we thank you tonight for these.